get in the zone with the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. So you mentioned uh, the, the defensive line being stacked, and I think that that it, it kind of remains a strength for this team, and, and it's and it's always really been a strength since Nick Bosa got here. The position opposite Bosa worries some people. That's that's a position that Al has been very vocal about them not really addressing uh, to, I guess, the, the proper extent uh, in his in his opinion. But I think that they they've done things bringing in Cleveland Farrell. They've got Drake Jackson in the second year. He's bulked up a little bit. They've got some some guys there. They they drafted Robert Beal Jr. as well, who's gonna be who's gonna be gonna be in the NAS, the NASCAR package. But we've been kind of kicking around the idea of them signing a bigger name to come in and, and platoon with them, or uh just as as another as another uh, rotational guy or a, a guy, possibly. Guys like Frank Clark, Yannick and Gawkway, Justin Houston have been mentioned. So uh, Frank Clark got signed by the Broncos, by the way, yesterday as, as of the recording of the show. But John, Yannick Agakwe is still out there. He's still waiting for a contract. He's he's not even 30 years old yet. He had a great season in, Indiana, in Indianapolis last year. So I feel like that's the next sort of logical move that they might make. Or do you feel like there could be another Arden Key or Charles Emanuel? I know that you're a big Charles Emanuel fan, and I love the, the coverage that you gave him last year and, and the nuanced way that you presented that because – while he may not have had the sack numbers, he was constantly in the backfield creating havoc. And I'm, I'm glad that you pointed that out because it's not all about sack numbers. It's all about pressure and getting the quarterback off of his spot and getting him to make a read that he's not ready to, to, to make. So do you feel like that solution is currently on the roster or might we see like a signing like Ngakwe coming? I think that they're going to lean in-house. I think they really do believe a lot in Drake Jackson, and I think that there's good reason for that. I, I believe in him as a player. I was a big fan of his before he came out, and I thought that the only real issue early on was it looked like he needed to bulk up a bit, and it appears like that's what he's done this offseason. So I think there is a lot of belief in Drake Jackson. And while I'd like to see them add, you know, I, I never think you can have too many edge rushers, right? Like that's a position where – I've never heard a team complain like, oh man, we have too many guys who can get after the quarterback, right? Like you figure it out. If you have too many, you have to cut some guys. They've dealt with that the last few seasons with how deep the defensive line group's been. You worry about that come roster cuts early September. So I think to me, the name that I have kept coming back to all off season and I will stand on until they get signed elsewhere is Justin Houston, because I think that Justin Houston fits this perfect balance of being a guy who can contribute and be in that rotation and offer something uh, tangible on the field while also being a proven mentor that can kind of be this veteran voice in that room on the edge and teach some of these younger guys, the Drake Jacksons, the Robert Beals, and as great as Nick Bosa is, I'm sure there's some things he could teach Nick Bosa given the amount of experience he has at the NFL level. And he was extremely productive last season for Baltimore. Um, he appeared in 15 games, if I'm remembering correctly, and he had multiple pressures in 12 of those games. So it wasn't like he was just, you know, the wily vet on the sideline that was, you know, playing that, you know, it's a different sport, but playing that kind of like Udonis Haslam role where he's just this old veteran guy dropping wisdom down, which has its value, but he was actually out there on the field and there were some games where he completely took over. And I went back and I watched about four or five of his games on tape and he still has it. He still has a tremendous amount of bursts off the line. His get off is still there. He has an exceptional amount of power um, in his bull rush still. So to me, when I look at Justin Houston, I'm like, this is the guy that I think makes the most sense where you're not 
going to have to – I don't know contract figures that well. I don't like speculating because a lot of times it really is just speculation. But I think he's a guy where you could get for a reasonable price tag where you're not having to you know maneuver the cap around too much. But he would be able to come in and give you something where you're getting that – that valuable veteran input, but he's also somebody who can step in and wreck a game opposite Nick Bosa. Even if you just have him in a role where it's like, Hey, third and eight, third and nine, that's when he's going to be out there on the field. Uh, We're going to strictly use this guy in pass rushing situations. Let him focus on just getting after opposing quarterbacks. I think he could do it. And I think he could do it at a high level. I like that you uh, brought up Udonis Haslam with the heat in the finals right now. Well done. Well done. And the interesting thing is, is, you know, when Al talks about it, really, I, and, and I share Al's fear. Al's fear is what happens if Bosa goes down, right? And it's kind of that same idea of what we just talked about with Tom Moore, right? Like if Bosa goes down, like it, it just, it, the game has changed, right? It, it, it's less about, you know, how good they are now and more about like, can we, can we weather however long he's out? And so to me, it's almost like, if you wait for that to happen, guys like Houston, guys like Ngakwe, right? They're going to be gone because they will get signed probably, you know, once camp start, somebody's going to lose a guy and all of a sudden it's like, we got to go out and get another guy, right? And so to me, it's almost like, why not be proactive and and see? Now, maybe those guys, you know, aren't ready to sign right now because for the exact reason, right? We're going to wait for a team now. It's kind of, kind of the idea with quarterbacks as well. We're going to wait for a team to have an injury Right. And then all of a sudden they're desperate and we're going to get more money than we would if we sign now. But I, I would like to see them bring at least one more body in that if Bosa went down, they are a little bit more insulated. Because right now I agree that there's depth, but to me, the depth is more interior now than than on the edge. Right. Where last few years it's been on the edge and, and thin on the interior. Now the interior, you've got Armstead and Hargrave and Kinlaw and uh, Kalia Davis and the kid from Penn state, Kevin Gibbons. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so you've got depth there. Yeah. You've got, you know, so you've got depth there, but then on the edge, you've got Bosa and you've got Jackson and then you've got Cleveland Farrell who don't know. Right. But we believe in Chris Kasurik. We're Chris Kasurik truthers on this podcast, right? He's going to get whatever is in there. He'll get it out, you know, and you've got Beal and, and, but you've just got less depth there. And so if you could just increase the depth there, Again, like you want to insulate the quarterback room, insulate that that edge rusher room because it is very top heavy as it stands right now. Uh, I also believe in Drake Jackson, and I'm excited to see it. And I think largely that's why they didn't address the the position early in the draft and why they didn't sign you know a, a big name free agent yet. But I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing some kind of some kind of uh, insulation there, if you will. Yeah, but and. I mean, it is what it is at this point. But, you know, you look at the Chiefs and the year that they got rid of both, if we're talking about Justin Houston, they, the year that they got rid of both Justin Houston and D4, they won the Super Bowl, right? So that was, True. I remember before that year, I was like, wow, that's going to hurt them. And wow, that didn't hurt them. But again, that's Patrick Mahomes, right? That's that's what an all-world quarterback will do for you. So it's okay. We got Mahomes light. We got Mahomes without the arm. So it's okay, right? Rock and who party. knows? He might have the arm now. Yeah, he's got. He, he might with the elbow surgery. You might. He, he'll have a, a nasty slide piece coming coming out of the the bullpen now. But uh, as we have time for, I think one more uh, one more topic here, a little bit lighter, Jordan. Um, so we we did a we did a an interesting thing the last show. We did it. We did a movie draft, a football movie draft, the last show, 
And uh, we had some interesting choices. It seems like most people liked yours, Brian, over everybody else. But I did. I did win that poll. No big deal. I kind of dominated. Poll, yeah. It was 40 some odd percent. And you guys split the rest. It's been a good week for you, actually. You went viral with that Alex Smith tweet, too. So it's been a really good week on Twitter for you so far. I did. Yeah. Stacking up. I want to get Alex so, on the show now. We should. So with that being said, Jordan, what are, your, what are your top five football movies of all time? All right. So I'll be honest, guys. I was a little disappointed that Friday Night Lights didn't make <laughs> To me, Friday Night Lights is like a tier in its own just because I thought the performances were so authentic. I'm a big Billy Bob Thornton guy. I think he's a great actor. Um, you know, and I thought it was, it was tremendous range, right? Cause that's like right around the time he did bad, bad Santa, great movie too, obviously a little bit different style. And I was like, wow, like this guy's range is fantastic. And the, you know, the thing that gets me always in that movie is just like the authenticity that like those guys had. And especially towards the end of the movie, when it's like a lot of them were like, Hey, this is like our last time playing football together, probably. And like that halftime speech to me, it was just like, it was everything you could have hoped for in a movie that elicits emotions that I think we can all relate to or anybody who's played sports can relate to. So for me, Friday Night Lights has to be there. I respect your guys' opinion, obviously. I was just baffled. I was taken aback. I'm like, not even one person had Friday Night Lights. Like, stunned me. But again, I digress. That's not, it's not important. Um, Remember the Titans is definitely on there as well. Um, I yep. definitely have to have Remember the Titans. Um, I'd say Any Given Sunday for sure. Mm -hmm. The longest yard, and then which one? The you know the original is cool. The Adam Sandler one's awesome, dude. The Adam yes. Sandler one I think blows yes. it out of the water. No disrespect. Yes. You know, Burt Reynolds is in both, so I don't think it's really disrespecting Burt Reynolds. But <laughs> there you um, go. I would say the Adam Sandler one for sure. And then the last one's really hard for me because you know, like I, I love some of these movies. Like I, I really thought Draft Day was was uh, for what it was. I watch it almost every year on the draft. Yeah. I think that's a good one. Yep. But I would say The Water Boy. Like it's it's a classic. It's funny. I, I hate to double down on Adam Sandler movies, but he was hitting on him, man. He was doing a good job. So I would say Friday Night Lights, Remember the Titans, uh, Water Boy, Longest Yard, and um, what was the other? Any Given Sunday. Any Given Sunday. Classic. Yeah, Any Given Sunday is classic. Yeah.